Welcome to the Pacific Point Church Podcast, where we're learning to love and live like Jesus. During this half hour, we're praying that God will direct, encourage, and speak to you. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plans, visit us at pacificpointchurch.com give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. You know, it's interesting. My wife will tell you I'm a creature of habit. She'll buy me clothes and stuff, and I have three or four different things that I choose to wear all the time. (laughs) My children let me know today that this shirt is old. So... But I was hiding what I wasn't going to do because I do it every time I get the opportunity to do this is wear my chosen shirt. Because you're all chosen. And I don't want you to forget it all day while all, well, all day, probably in three hours while I'm standing here. I honestly don't know how long we're going to be here today. I had uh, this whole message together because we've been going through Ephesians. And if you overlook it, the whole thing as a whole, it's all about surrender and service, and I had planned this wonderful message on service and surrender. And then uh, Thursday evening, I was laying in bed, and God told me, no, you're going to talk about resolutions. Amen. So uh, I was, had a very busy few days, and uh, early, early yesterday morning, I put these notes together, and I didn't run through them to see how long this is going to be. So... I'm just letting everybody know, but it's his service, it's in his hands, and we'll see how long he keeps us here this morning. I'm just blessed to be here. You know, usually this is about the time I can't do this table. <laughs> I just feel so confined. Usually this is about the time I tell everybody, I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who saved my soul. The reality of it is, I am somebody. I'm the guy that he chose almost 60 years ago to do what I'm doing today. But he gave me 50 incredible, interesting years to experience the things I experienced to put me in a position to be able to do what I'm doing today and share my life with you. One of the things we're blessed about here at Pacific Point Church is our pastor shares his life with you. When I first came into this walk with God, I started going to all these churches wanting to see what this church game was about because to me at that point, it was still a game in business. And... I realize that so many churches go through the motions. And John actually shares his life with all of us. And him and Chris are very open. And it's just amazing. If you go around and go to different churches and see what we have here, it's actually incredible. All I have for you is to share my life with you. I didn't go to seminary. I didn't, I've studied my butt off the last seven and a half years. But I feel like I'm walking in the calling that God has put on me, and I just feel blessed to do this and blessed that John and Chris trust me to do this. You know, they invite me to do this, and they never ask me, what are you going to talk about? What are you doing? You know, rarely look over my notes. So anyone who attended my life group could tell you that my notes are usually in a big pile of scrap paper in my back pocket. So like I said, this is a weaker roll of dice on what's going to happen today. But uh, Pacific Point Church, our whole mission here is to live in love like Jesus, up a relationship with God, in our relationship with others, and out to share our stories with people. So I'm going to do my best to share a little bit of my story with you guys today. Today we're going to talk about resolutions. 
originally, like I said, I started with this message about service and surrender and was just going to try to shove it down your throat today because I get so excited about it, you know, because I'm actually doing what I talk about and to see what God does. Dan and I have been sharing some incredible things that we've been watching God do, and it's just amazing to have the eyes to see it. So, you know, before I get started today, I want to pray. Lord, I thank you for this time. I thank you for choosing me to be here today. I thank you for all that you're doing in this church. I welcome your Holy Spirit in here. I'm, a, I'm just an obedient servant. I hand this service over to you. I pray that it's your words that reach everybody here today. And there's someone watching or sitting here today that really needs this message for them to open their eyes to you. I pray that today is the day that happens. So I lift this service up to you today in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I went and did a little research on uh, resolutions yesterday morning. So I'm going to share what I shared with you. But I want to start with Jeremiah because this, this verse kind of fell on me when I got started. And the Lord gave me this message. And I think that's what started it because I felt like yesterday morning when I was deciding, okay, what am I going to talk about? The Lord gave me this message. So the Lord gave Jeremiah this message. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. That's the other reason why I'm wearing this shirt, because you're all special. And we all need to share our lives. Our story is what leads people to God. It's not our job to have them accept Jesus. It's our job to lead them to him. And he'll do the rest of the work. So I want to talk about resolutions here. I had this all stretched out. You couldn't even read it. Um, Seth fixed it for me this morning. But basically, I wanted to show you that I actually did do a little research. I didn't just pull numbers out of my head to do this, which I probably could have got by on that too. But um, these are the top three resolutions that people make. And I just took the average of 18 to 57 because for the most part, that's all of you. I'm a little over that now. But the... Uh, 46% on an average make a resolution to improve mental health. Improve physical health and weight loss was about 37% on an average. Now, this is taking the three different groups from 18 to 57, bringing them together and getting an average of the numbers. So for those of you who are adding this up right now, telling that that's over 100%, that's why I did that. Uh, improve finances, 30% on an average. Improve life balance and spend time with loved ones was 14%. That's something that I wrestle with all the time. I'm a workaholic, and I'm constantly trying to, to get myself to, to give that time. But the reason I put that on there, that should be our most important resolution. You know, we need balance. You know, part of what I'm going to talk about today is about getting balance. God wants you to have balance as well. Why? This is why we make resolutions. This is just over. I read a whole bunch of studies and a bunch of psychologists' opinions, and people want to be happy. A New Year's resolution offers hope that if we stick it out, things will be better. We change things we feel we should change, a lot of time based on social pressure. 35% of people ages 18 to 41 feel pressured by their circles, peers, and family to make resolutions. A lot of people are making resolutions because they're lacking identity and they're looking for it. 
Uh, 80% of resolutions fail by February. That's crazy, isn't it? In order to change a behavior, you have to be uncomfortable, and no one wants to be uncomfortable. This is one of the reasons they fail. The pain of not changing has to be greater than the pain of changing for us to realize change. People by human nature are instinctively optimistic in face of evidence that states the contrary. People who make resolutions on a whim are unlikely to succeed without a certain amount of thought and psychological preparation. A lot of resolutions are made thinking, what is this for me? What am I going to get out of this? Creating lasting change is a challenge when we have no support system, when there is not support or the support system fails and we throw in a towel. Is any of this ringing through to any of you like it rang to me when I was reading it? The parallels of what we've been talking about the last three months? This hits it all right on the head, but a lot of us don't see it. So we're going to go through it, and I'm going to hopefully open some eyes today. Oh, went backwards. No. Okay, let's go to the first one. In order to change a behavior, you have to be comfortable, and no one wants to be uncomfortable. We become complacent. You make this resolution, or you decide that you're going to turn things over to God, and it's not easy. So then we back up and go, hey, it was more comfortable over here. If I can just sit over here, and John will like this one, go to church every two weeks, I'm good. That's what I've come to term as a complacent Christian because they're not stirring anything up. So, but it's easier. Getting out of your comfort zone is uncomfortable, but that's usually when growth happens. We talk about it all the time. As we go through these storms, we don't see what God's planning while we're going through a storm. We're just so focused on the storm. But sometimes when you lean back and hand it over and let him take the brunt of that for you, you actually will experience some growth and see why he's putting you what he's putting you through. The pain of changing has to be greater than the pain of changing. Yeah, the pain of not changing has to be greater than the pain of changing for us to really change. For a while there, I spent a couple years trying to help young men in recovery. And so many of them just didn't want the help because they want to wait until they've hit rock bottom. It's the same thing with all of us. You could fill in the blank, whatever your thing is, but we normally will not change until the reason why we have to change becomes so painful, we have no choice. We call that hitting rock bottom. I call that hitting the cornerstone because that's usually when we decide to hand it over to God. You know, I had my own experiences that kind of put me on my knees and woke me up and then God called and thank God I answered, you know. But unfortunately, it's usually that bottom rock that we don't realize is the cornerstone and we need to hand it over to him. Uh, people by human nature are instinctively optimistic in the face of evidence that states the contrary. Most of us are running blind. Most of us don't really have a plan. Most of us don't really know where we're going. It's like I always say, if you're going to go on a trip and you don't have a road map, how are you going to get there? You know, we don't really think about it. One of the things that we've been going over the last couple weeks over and over and over is that God's got a plan for you. God's got a road map for you. All you got to do is open up your heart to him and he'll reveal what he's called you to do or where you're supposed to go or what you're supposed to do. It's not always about the money. 
One thing I thought about this morning while we were worshiping, isn't it amazing how to worship music always seems to be about what we're going to talk about? And I had no idea what worship music they were going to sing today. But it made me think of a guy that I had the pleasure of meeting, Anthony Madison. If for those Steelers fans, you know who he is. He won a Super Bowl with the Steelers. Wasn't a very big man, right? Had good talent, but was raised in a church. He walked away from the church to get into football and pursued football his life. His dream was to get that Super Bowl ring and have a Super Bowl. That was his dream. Well, in the midst of this, the Steelers win the Super Bowl. Anthony, when he shares his story, he's running around the stadium with the Super Bowl trophy and said he never felt more empty in his life because he realized that this goal that he was setting, that he finally reached it, and it was empty. So he retired from football, handed it over to God, and now he spends his days uh, trying to draw people closer to God and resents the fact that he doesn't resent winning a championship. But he resents the fact that he turned away from God all those years. But a lot of times when you're trying to be a professional athlete, there's not enough balance to have that time. You know, but in all of our lives, we feel there's no time. You got to make time. It's a choice. People who make resolutions on a whim are unlikely to succeed without a certain amount of thought and psychological preparation. Right? What channels are you watching? What are you putting in? We talk about this all the time. You're going to get out what you put in. For years, I was into personal motivation and motivational speakers and just ate it up. Then I come into this relationship with God and find out it's all biblically based. It's all the stuff we're talking about. What you get out is going to be a result of what you put in. So if you want to prepare yourselves for whatever it is that you're doing or this walk with God, what channels are you watching? You know, are you spending any time with God? Are you talking? Are you reading? Are you studying? Are you being kind to someone? Are you trying to serve someone? Are you trying to help someone? Or are you buried in your phone watching TikTok? Right? What you get out of that, that's your result. There's a, a decision to make. If you want direction, one, I tell everybody, hey, make a personal plan for yourself what you want to do. But I could tell you this. That if you hand it over to him, he's going to open your eyes to what he's called you to do. And when you walk in that, it's, it's just incredible. I, uh, I, don't, I don't feel any way that I deserve what he's given me. What's in it for us? What's your goal? You know, what is your what? We blindly make these resolutions. God, you guys are so quiet. Is this just, do I got y'all or is it just that bad? We, um, what's your what and what's your Why? Why are you doing what you're doing? What's your end game? What are you looking to get out of it? You know, let's make a plan. Jeremiah was talking to me, I don't know where he is, this morning about them making plans for the next year for their life, right, leading up to resolutions. But he didn't say anything about a resolution, but we talked about making that plan, you know. If you want to know what God has in store for you, it's as simple as talking to him. But lean in and he's got you. Next one, creating lasting change is challenging when we have no support system, when there's not support or the support system fails and we throw in a towel. 
This soul goes side by side with the church. Like John always says, our natural life and our spiritual life run parallel all the time, right? It's the same thing in the church. You're going to get out of this church in a relationship with God what you put into it, you know? If your goal is to have a better relationship with God, serve other people, get involved, congregate. So many people say, oh, I I don't got to go to church. I watch it on TV. There's a huge difference when you come and have life with someone than when you watch them on TV. I'm going to pick on my buddy Kenny back there, which he might not like. (laughs) Kenny came to a life group and told me he was uncomfortable and wasn't sure if he wanted to be part of a life group because he didn't know what a life group was. A couple weeks into it, Kenny experienced a bunch of believers getting together talking about their experiences, talking about what God's done in their lives, maybe what God hasn't done in their lives, but realize that we're all doing life together. And it was like the light came on, huh, Kenny? You know? So it's really a choice and do the things you need to do, just like with anything else. I use Anthony as an example. For Anthony to get that Super Bowl ring, he had to bust his butt training, 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 nutrition, sleep, Everything he had to do to get that ring. We all say we want things, but are we willing to do what we need to do to get them? That's all the metal in my jaws reacting with the mic. The, um, <laughs> like life groups. It is amazing how little people show up at life groups. We had a great life group this year, by the way. But service. You know how many times in the seven and a half years I've been walking with John and Chris Blue People have said they're going to serve and they're going to help and they're going to do this and they're going to do that. And then the dinner's over that night and then the next week a couple show up and then the week after, 80% fail by February. Same thing. Because we don't make a commitment to do the things we need to do to get where we want to get. Service, serve somebody. You don't have to show up at church, you know, just serve people. You'll be amazed what comes back to you when you serve people. That's what God's called us to do. I'm going to share some verses and stuff with you to back up everything I'm saying because John says everything's based out of the book, but this is just what he was putting on me uh, in the last two days. But your gifts are not yours. God doesn't give you these gifts for you to, for me to get up here and talk to you guys. God's given me these gifts to serve all of you. And that's what I do. I've chose to do that. All I know is what I've done and know my life. That's all I got to share with you. No, we're all different. No one's going to have the same walk. No one's going to have the same result. No one's going to do the same things. We're all individual. But getting in and leaning into God is how you're going to find out who that is, who he called you to be. And I could assure you that when you find that, it may take 10 years, 20 years, 5 years, 2 months, who knows. It is such a blessing to know what he called you to do. Um, share your gifts for other people. That's what they're here for. As a, I got an example. We had the Elf movie for Christmas, right? Is there anybody in here that doesn't like the movie Elf? No. Everybody loves that movie. I, I don't really like movies. I watched that movie about six times. And it still cracks me up, right? But we made a point. Heidi and I made a point to be here for the Elf movie. And there were ten people here, Right? That elf movie wasn't here for us to come and enjoy elf movie. That elf movie was here for people from this church to come together and support each other and share our gifts. 
There may have been someone here that night that came here that night hoping to run across someone they could talk to about what's going on in their life, maybe. Maybe draw them a little bit closer to God, right? But no one showed up, right? Get involved. If we get involved, you'll be amazing what happens, you know? Um, okay. Biggest reason for failure is no support, morally and or physically. One of the biggest reasons we fail is the circle of people we choose to be with, right? Most people I know, especially the wise guy that I've been my whole life, I would try to tear the resolution down because you're not going to make it, you know, make all the jokes I can. It's like this morning. I was so excited last night to get up here and do this. And then this morning I wake up and I stopped in my office this morning and the enemy gets in my air. Who do you think you are? You can't do this. Right? So then the nerves start setting in that, man, I'm going to share the word of God today. I hope I don't blow this. Right? But that's the enemy trying to tell you, stop. God is never going to give you a disparaging word. He's never going to try to turn you away from what it is you're trying to do. It's going to be uplifting. If you're hearing this, more than likely it's the enemy trying to slow you down. That's when you got to lean in. You know, I leaned in this morning. Him and I had a great conversation, and I'm back excited to be here. But the problem is we don't do anything to be supported. A lot of times your circle of friends are going to tease you. You want to be around people that are going to support you. That's the beauty of being involved in a church or a group or whatever it is that you like to do. Be there for each other and support each other, and everybody wins. Most people fail because they're by themselves. Uh, Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit will never let you down. I don't care what anybody in here says. I'm willing to fight with you over it. Because he will not let you down. If you're truly tuning in to God and his channel, he's got you. I could tell you stories over and over and over of, of things I've experienced just blow me away of how he's got me. A lot of people are looking for their identity. They don't really know what they're to do. They don't really know what their direction is. I promise you, he planned all this long before we were here. Lean in and he'll tell you. You know, it's a matter of just leaning in and listening because he's got you. He's in it with you. I'm going to share a couple verses with you guys to back up everything I've been talking about. And it was just amazing to me, like I said earlier, when I started doing this and reading these studies on resolutions, I am so deep in this relationship with God. Everything I do in my life, I see God. I see God. I see God. I see God. Everything I see, see, see. When I was reading through this this morning, it's like, man, this is so crazy how this all parallels to what we've been talking about the last two or three months. So, with that said, hey, by the way, if any of you are unhappy with this message, talk to him, because he gave it to me. Um, <laughs> one of the things we do wrong is we start to go to our knees, but we never make it. You're in the middle of this situation and you're just feeling dire, like, ah, things are so bad, things are so bad. And little by little, you're almost on your knees getting it, and then a temporary solution comes by, whoo, and you're right back over here. And then a week or two later, you start going back down, back down, back down again, and you get back up again, right? We all get so close to getting down on our knees and surrendering like they were singing about this morning, but we just don't do it. We find these, these solutions or we deal with these issues and we find this temporary relief, it's all temporary. 
Every time we start to handle it ourselves is when things go wrong. My uh, daughter Taylor could tell you. We have this thing at work where we've been going through some stuff, right? And every week when we're in this rough spot, we laugh because we don't stress. Because we know he's got us, right? Every week we get what we need. Might not get what I want, but I get what I need. There was a couple weeks ago, I decide I'm going to fix the problem, right? And I didn't do my normal, I'm not worried, he's got me, right? I decided I'm going to handle it, right? I screwed us up so bad (laughs) that it took like three or four weeks to recoup from the thing I did that I thought was fixing the problem, right? Well, Taylor goes online and sees what I did. And she comes upstairs in my office. She goes, hey, preacher man, you forget the trust? And I go, what? She goes, you, you quit trusting and tried to handle this yourself and look what you did, right? I made a mess, right? But that's the time when we got to stop and say, wait a minute. I love, oh, my God, I'm almost going to cry thinking about Shirley. I never, every time I do this, I picture her in my mind, thanking God while she walked through pain every day. When we get in these places, we have to stop and think about, really, what are we doing? Who are we serving? What are we here for? And surrender. John's been speaking about it all through Ephesians. We have to really surrender to experience God. The more you seek him, the more he'll reveal himself to you. Okay. Psalms 121.3. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. There are, I found, I could have made a hundred slides of all the times in the Bible where it tells you that God's got you. Isaiah 43, 2. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, he will be with you. Leviticus 26, 11. I will live among you and I will not despise you. Like I said, he will not let you down. Corinthians 5, 17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. No need for resolutions. Hand it over to Christ. When you're born again, he gets a hold of your life. You're going to be a new person. You're going to be a new direction. You're going to be doing things that you never thought you would be doing. And it's going to be incredibly pleasing. The peace that comes with it is incredible. Your old life is gone. A new life has begun. Matthew 22, 37 through 39. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and your mind. This is the first greatest commandment. When you do that and let him in, that's when everything starts changing. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Service, service, service. So many people I know will decide to do something for someone and then tell me, man, it felt so good after I did that. Because we're not here to serve ourselves. We're here to serve others. And that's the whole message that we keep trying to get across here every week. There's some weeks John's preaching here, and I don't know how you all sit still. I got to get up and move around, as you guys know. I just can't take it. Um, We started out with Jeremiah 1, and I want to end with Jeremiah, because I think this sums it up. This sums up what he's called us to do. This sums up how I think we should plan on what we're going to do next. 
But Jeremiah 1, 6 through 10. Oh, sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you. I am too young. Are you too young? Are you too drunk? Are you too overweight? Are you too much of an introvert? Are you too much? What is your thing? Fill in your blank in here. Because we all say we can't do this, Lord, because we are whatever your blank is. Right? Don't say I'm too whatever your blank is. God is speaking. Don't say I'm too young. For you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of the people, for I will be there with you and protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Then the Lord reached out and touched my mouth and said, this is Jeremiah. Uh, that Jeremiah, not our Jeremiah. Well, our Jeremiah, too. He does a lot of this. He says, look, I've put my words in your mouth today. I appoint you to stand up against the nations and kingdoms. Some you must uproot and tear down, destroy and overthrow. Others you must build up and plant. There's been times in my time in this church where someone's brought to my attention something I might want to do differently. Or we're all called to help each other when we see someone's going through some things that maybe aren't so good for them, but no one's willing to say anything to them, right? We got to trust that God's got us to be discerning in situations like that. Everything isn't always going to be roses and, and joy. We're going to go through a lot of things on this walk with God, but that's when we have to lean in and know he's got us. It is written. That sounded pretty good. We're blessed, Pacific Point Church. Having Jesus in your heart is the greatest blessing. If there's anyone here today who doesn't and wants to, you don't have to tell us about it. Just go home. If you profess it with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and he died and was resurrected for us and invite him into your heart, he's got you. I call this a journey and a process. Every day we try to, I try to do better. And every day I'm trying to, to get closer with God, it's a process. He charted this path for us before we were born. Embrace it. Thanks, you guys. Melvin's going to come up. Melvin's going to come up and lead us in communion.